This content is intended for adult cigar smokers age 21 and older. Hello, my friends. Nick Labretti here for JRCigars.com, and what a beautiful day it is. Yes, we're all still under quarantine. We're all still stuck at home, but that does not stop us from providing you some amazing, fun, interactive content with the coolest and smartest and tallest minds <laughs> in the industry. Today, I have the pleasure of talking to one of the most interesting cigar figures there is. This man left a job working doing science math with NASA. He was doing space stuff, and now he's taking that intelligence and those abilities, and he's bringing it to creating cutting-edge, modern, and unique cigars for you. Ladies and gentlemen, Omar DeFrias from Fratello. Omar, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me over. This is the second time we do this, man. I'm, um, I'm always a fan every time you guys hit me up, and... Uh, and try to do something fun. How have you been, man? I've been doing okay. You know, we're, we're kind of in a groove at this point. You know, we're, we're going on, this is our middle of our third week, kind of doing all these from home. So yeah. we're getting used to it, trying to add in some new elements, some new guests all the time. Uh, but, I mean, I like being home anyway, so it's kind of working out for me. Uh, how about you? How are you handling everything? It's good, man. It's good. It's been, uh, I won't deny, it's been, um, it's been a little interesting because we've had um, – We've had a lot of challenges with a lot of, obviously, a lot of our brick and mortars. We're a very strong brick and mortar brand, and uh, we've had a lot of uh, struggles with um, um, making sure that we support uh, our B&Ms out there that, you know, some are struggling, some are experiencing some high spikes in sales. I mean, it really just depends on what day of the, what day of the week it is. Uh, but so far, it's been, um, it's been, uh, it's definitely been tough, and I can't wait to go, sort of get back on the road and get back to um, talking to a lot of our guys. So it'll take a little while, but we'll be there. Absolutely. Are you, are you good on product? You're able to get product out to the people who need it right now? Absolutely. That's the best part about us. We, we, we've always been very heavy uh, inventory wise and you can say that that's good or bad, but we've always been very, very, I've always been of the mindset that I first want to have inventory because if as long as I have inventory, I know I can sell it. Uh, so I've always been a, um, an over planner when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I'm sitting on a very good spot, obviously when this opens up and a lot of our brick and mortars will need some people and we'll need some product. We'll be there to support. That's awesome. And you know, a lot of the online retailers are still pushing forward. I mean, we are, our, our warehouse is open and, uh, you know, and moving actually pretty well. So it's glad, you know, I'm glad to know that we can still get a steady stream of Fratellos in. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit, like, what have you been doing personally to keep busy? You know, you're still on, on, doing mostly work on a lot of work calls, talking to some retailers who are still open. You're trying to relax a little bit. Like what's your day to day life consisting of right now? So, um, my, uh, my day to day, to be honest with you has been, uh, mostly catching up with a lot of the stuff that we have, um, that we've had pending for so long. I mean, it's been, I've had, a, a, a you know, quite a few experiences where, um, I've been able to get a hold of, 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 of projects that I've been wanting to do for years and I just haven't been able to do so. And so as crazy as it sounds, I've been busier now that I have in the past, um, because I'm spending a lot more time organizing, looking at me, looking at my processes, looking at my procedures, organizing, uh, our standards or organizing, you know, future projects that it usually would, because of the, how busy we usually are, it usually gets postponed, postponed. We're doing all of that right now. So I, I got my team, you know, 24 seven, we've had no layoffs, no, no, nothing going on in our company. We just want to make sure that we can uh, keep us busy enough to the point that when we do open back up, everything opens back up, then, then we can, we can be out there and be more prepared than we have in the past. So we actually have been a bit more busy than we have in the past. So that's good. So you're, you're actually taking this time to kind of patch up any, you know, any holes that you might see in your, in your, what your regular operation was. I'm not saying that there are any, but so when all yeah. this is over, not only are you as prepared as you were before, you're actually more prepared and you're running more efficiently. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's you know what I saw the other day on Instagram? You'd be, you, you love this. So the other day I was uh, paying attention to, uh, uh, it was an Instagram story and it was, it said that if you, if you don't lose weight, if you don't start your own business and if you don't get rid of all those open projects around your house, then it wasn't lack of time. It, it was, was just like a, it lack was of like, a, like a, like a lack of interest. Yeah. And like a discipline. Yeah, like a discipline. Absolutely. And it makes a well, lot of sense, man. It does. It does. And I will say that my roommate has done a great job uh, keeping me busy because I don't like to do anything on the weekends anyway. But now he's he's been giving me different projects that we've been doing. We rearranged some of his instruments around the house, set up some nice stuff. We brought all his recording equipment over. And every every Saturday, I'm taking like a portion of my room and you know doing my closet one day underneath underneath my bed. Took me an entire. You don't realize what's what crawls underneath there sometimes. <laughs> um, but no, that, that's good, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're doing that. You know, really trying to keep work as normal as possible and trying to, Hey, how can I use this time to kind of better my, uh, my performance and, and my business? Um, and also so what, I mean, that applies yeah. so many to so many things, man. It applies to like, uh, to, to either other businesses. And I, um, I was, um, I'm a, I'm a amateur trader by, you know, best, you know, lack of a better word. So I love, uh, I love, uh, taking a few gambles here and there on, uh, on, on the stock market and, you know, I've had some opportunities there and things that I'm taking advantage of. And, you know, um, that's also taking a little bit of my time. And so I got no complaints about that listen, either. And listen, there's always an opportunity to make money. So not, nothing wrong with that. There's always an opportunity to make money. Um, so I want to give people, now that we have some time right now, I want to give people the full Omar story. We, we've touched on it in a few of our interviews a little yeah. bit. But I want you to be able to tell everyone because you've had such an interesting life. Now, you know, there's a, there's a few segments that cigar people usually come out of there. There's like yeah. the family, like, oh, my great grandfather was from Cuba and we yeah. did the whole thing. There's like the marketing guy who was like, oh, you know, I was really into this and I love cigars. So I kind of got into it that way. You yeah. came from something vastly different and some would say as interesting, which yeah. is NASA. So yeah. and also semi-professional basketball. So if you can give us the the e true Hollywood story right now <laughs> on Omar and how he went from semi-pro basketball to a, Apollo Eleven to the cigar industry. I love it. I love it, um, dude. I'll tell you the truth, man. It's um, so for those of you out there that don't have uh, th that haven't heard about our story or whatnot. It's uh, so. Uh, so we started, I started Fratello in 2013, and prior to that, I um, I had been uh, working uh, for the space program at NASA for about 12 years. Um, so I, I, I came into the U.S. when I was um, uh, quite a few times because I actually went to college in Rochester, New York, RIT. So I went to college, you know, there, and then I did my MBA at the University of Puerto Rico. Um, I was like 24 years old and NASA had come to, you know, look into opportunities to hire quite a few people. Um, there was a, there was a probably about 400 some candidates for uh, two positions, uh, one in Washington, D.C. and one as an as an engineer in uh, Florida. And um, and I applied. I went through about six, seven different interviews. I I mean, it was it was probably the the roughest you know interview process I've ever been through in my life. And I was I was being considered for a position in Procter and Gamble. I got an offer for a position in IBM. Um, so I got a, I quite I had a, quite a few offers uh, and opportunities to go and jump into, but I ended up choosing NASA actually because of my father. My dad um, my dad told me uh, 
you know, when whenever you're ready to go and jump into a position, like IBM was offering me like $25,000 a year more. I was like, like this is a no-brainer. Right. And my father said, you need to stop and think about what it, what your sort of what your future sort of looks like in terms of also development and training, and um, and he was absolutely one hundred percent right. Like NASA was you know going to give me training not only my first year, second year, but also you know throughout my career. NASA invested well over three hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of uh, uh, of training in uh, in in myself and other people that they saw great growth um, within their organization. And so what ended up happening, it was very interesting. I came into NASA and um, my whole process was to, you know, sort of drive up the ranks, you know, go from a, a GS9, which is a, a mid-level employee at the agency, sort of, you know, for lack of a better word, but it's a, it's within the general schedule of all of our, you know, of all employees in the federal government, GS 15 being the highest level. And I was very driven to just grow, man. I just wanted to grow up the ranks, get there, be as aggressive as I possibly can work harder than the guy next door. And I did, and I, uh, I was able to go through up the ranks when, you know, from a GS like nine to a GS 15 at times 30 years old. So I went up really, really fast just because I was super driven. Um, and then I sort of lost my way through the process, to be quite honest with you. I found myself in a situation where I, 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 I didn't want to do anymore what I was doing and I, and I stopped. And so, um, I, it, 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 I was 33 years old when I started having the idea of starting a business and, you know, I wanted to do something that I loved a lot. I loved, uh, I love cigars. I love alcohol. I love beer. I love wine. And I ended up choosing cigars cause it just made so much sense. And so, you know, fast forward to like, you know, 2015, I was selling well over $650,000 a year in cigars. And I'm thinking to myself like, Oh my God, like what is happening? <laughs> Nobody knows who the hell I am. No one has any clue that you see this really tall guy coming into their cigar shops and saying, Hey, I would like for you to try my cigars. And they're looking at me. They have no idea who the hell I am, man. I'm not like the Nicholas Malillo. I wasn't the, you know, the, the Steve Sackas of the world that came with all this pedigree and a lot of this, you know, background and a lot of this experience. I came in just like trying to sell a cigar. Uh, there was no story about, you know, me being anything other than I was. I just wanted, I just loved the product. I loved what I did and I loved my branding a lot. And so I pushed it and I pushed it. And by 2016, my business had grown another 25, 25, 30 points. So I was well over a million dollars in sales. And I'm thinking, oh my God, like I can, <laughs> this is incredible. Like I think I can quit this job and actually do this full time. And I guess uh, you could say your business took off like a rocket, huh? <laughs> It definitely, it definitely had a launch. It definitely had a launch. There's no question about that. So, um, so it was good, man. I, I was, I was incredibly happy with, uh, with the success that we had. And then 2017 came around and that was a pivotal year, man, because, uh, we got a huge break and, uh, you, uh, you and I talked about this in the past. Uh, I got a, a very nice article written about me in the Washington post, yep. uh, in the business section. And, um, it was it was pivotal, man. Um, I had well over 13 countries lined up the next two days at the IPCPR trying to open up with Fratello. I had a line outside my booth. It was um, it was just it was nothing short of incredible. Well, I actually I remember that day very well because I, I was uh, I would sometimes after I had moved out I would stop at my parents um, on the after the gym and shower there because it was closer to uh, to the office. 
And I remember my dad would sometimes like, leave articles out, either, you know, business articles. He's always trying to, you know, get me to know more about money, which I just don't focus on. Uh, and then one day he, like, leaves this article and, like, circles it. He's like, oh, yeah, there's some, like, cigar guy in there. And I read it. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's Omar. He's like, you know him? I'm like, yeah, I met him once. He's like, oh, my dad, you know, my dad was, was a cigar smoker back in the day. And he was, like, asking me, he's like, oh, is this true? I'm like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> and, like, I just know him as, I just know him as Omar. Like, this cool guy makes a really good product. My dad was really fascinated by it. Yeah. Um, and and listen, you know, you might not have the the so called you know pedigree that you're thinking of, you know, like a, like a Pepin Garcia, you know, master right. roller in Cuba, right. or Nick Malone, but you, you you are still able to bring a high quality product. You're still heavily invested in the quality and, and the knowledge of the tobacco you're using, and I think that's what counts. I, I think if you were a janitor and you started this business, uh, and and with the same passion and the same drive, I think it would have came out the same way. Um, and I think that the fact that you worked in a like, I can't imagine except maybe working at the White House, a more competitive workplace than NASA. Everyone jucking and jiving, trying to get ahead. You know, working incredibly long hours, uh, doing incredibly complex procedures. If you can, before I, I definitely want to, you know, uh, trans, uh, transition over to your cigars a little more. But I'm just yeah. fascinated. What what was your job title like? What what was a lot of you, like what you were doing at NASA? Obviously, so you're too small to fit the shuttle. So, <laughs> so yes, yeah, so I, so um, the shuttle only the maximum height for for a shuttle is would be six foot four. So I, there was no way in hell I could even get a chance. Um, <laughs> but I will tell you one thing, man. I um, I my first job was a management and program analyst uh, um, in one of the so in one of the divisions at NASA, and I started um, you know shifting from one area to another, trying to learn different things. I wanted to have sort of like a very, uh, very solid background with a lot of different experiences. So I've had, I had a little bit of an experience with uh, HR and EEO. I had a little bit of experience with IT. Um, I had a little bit of experience with uh, uh, programming, um, uh, you know, enterprise architecture work. And I also had um, then the experience of managing a, which is my last job was managing a $5 billion budget for NASA. And I did that uh, with, um, with, you know, being basically the last position that I held. But even with that, I, I had other positions where I basically was managing the director. I was the managing director of the budget for, you know, engineer, you know, the chief engineer at NASA. So I had quite a variety of experiences that really prepared me very well to to do what I'm doing right now, which is entrepreneurship, which is planification, which is what we're doing right now, not sitting around and, 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 and throwing rocks to a river or to a, to a pond. I'm like, you know, we're working hard. You were working harder than ever just to get us prepared to continue to take over every single, uh, you know, uh, um, opportunity that comes our way in this That's industry exactly. that we're doing. No, you're, and you're doing it very well. My, my last question about it, it's a short one. Managing a five billion dollar budget for NASA, what was like the weirdest thing you saw that NASA spent money on? So NASA used to uh, NASA used to <laughs> I can't believe I'm gonna say this. <laughs> NASA used to um, um, have a budget uh, that was assigned to us many 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 years ago, and it was in the boom of the uh, UFOs. It was in the boom. I'm not sure if you remember this. So 15, 20 the X Files. Years ago. Yeah. X-Files, all thing happening with uh, New Mexico, people doing documentaries and whatnot. And with the way we went about it uh, for the first time, it was um, we had a line item. That's something that I found out as I was working on the execution of our budget. There was a line item years ago that it was very specific to, you know, finding extraterrestrial life outside of Earth, right? And so uh, it was very specific. And then when that whole thing blew off, 
uh, we and, and, and Congress didn't want to continue to spend more money on that. They were just like, well, let's be done with this line item and be done with it. Well, we actually, you know, utilize that, you know, some of those funds and utilize it under a second, you know, line item and basically continue to do the, the work, you know, obviously under by the law and everything. But it was it was the works was still being done. And a lot of people ask me, so do you believe that they're there? And I, you know, you know, that we have extraterrestrial life and I'm. You know, we 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 we've tried to find the data. We we've definitely been out there. People think it's a there's a lot of secrets when it comes to this kind of thing. Uh, we're the first ones that want to find out because the first thing that will happen is if there is some information and there's some happening something something happening there, we will get a lot of praise. So we will get a lot of more money to be able to do more research, which is what we do. But unfortunately, that hasn't happened. And so, uh, but if you ask me, just like the same thing, if you ask one of the smartest men I've ever known, his name is uh, um, uh, Mike Griffin, and, uh, and he used to be the administrator for NASA, six PhDs, two master's degrees. I mean, eternal, eternal learner. Um, he said the exact same thing. He was like, if you ask me, I believe. I mean, I want to believe so bad. I, I really, I really, really. <laughs> don't do. cry. Don't cry. It's listening, okay. <laughs> I want to believe so bad, Omar. But listening to what you're saying, you know, that, you know, you're like, oh, listen, we spent all this money like we were looking for. We couldn't find anything. I mean, I obviously believe you more than like some crazy kid out in Colorado. Like, they're out there, man. Like, I obviously believe you. We're, see, we're seeing the data and the information. Um, so we when it came to starting. Done it. Yeah. We did it with the with the observatory in Puerto Rico. We've done we've done a lot of analysis on 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 on, on our space shuttle missions. We've done a lot of analysis on Apollo. We did a lot of analysis on on Hubble. And now the, the data is out there. I mean, it's it's pretty clear that there obviously are more Earth-like planets out there that have a certain proximity to Earth, have a certain mass of water, and all of these different things. Obviously, you know, you cannot deny that this exists. Uh, but in terms of like hardcore data, which is what we we go out of i mean it's hardcore data we don't have that no yeah we need to have literally a whole other call about i, I could talk to you for hours about this i love it i, I really can't can. well. I, I love it. <laughs> i've seen so many of those joe rogan episodes where he talks to like space guys <laughs> absolutely um, so in terms of both um talents procedures and also overall like style of your brand uh, do you think that your time at NASA had a great amount of influence on Protel? I mean, obviously it did with the with the, the Naveta, um, but in terms of yeah. other styles, um, how you run your business, do you think you brought a lot over that? Brought a lot of that over from NASA? I, you know, I did. Uh, there was a, a majority of it was um, the program and project management of it, and okay. the utilization of my funds very well. Like I would remember a lot of you know a lot of friends uh, and a lot of people in the industry telling me it's like. You know, like the fastest way to make a million dollars in the industry is to start with one, you know. Um, and um, <laughs> and so I, I think that is that's really funny. But for me, I, I we've done very well. That is the reality. We've done very well because we've been very smart about how to properly uh, utilize our funds, how to uh, properly plan every single trip, every single visit, every single uh, management of it. Um, we've been very fortunate about that. And um, 
trust me, I wouldn't just quit a $200,000 year job if I was just like trying to wing it. I mean, it was it's something that has been very profitable for us, but we want to make sure that obviously a lot of these things are, are, are for the long term and have the longevity that we see. We see us being the premier uh, cigar in the industry in, 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 in the future. And it's going to take us some time. We're going to, we've been developing, we made a lot of mistakes across the process and along the way. And, you know, you're supposed to, you like, everything can be perfect, but we are working um, hard to just be that very sustainable brand and they're very sustainable cigar because we got a great tobacco. We work with amazing factories like Joya de Nicaragua and La Aurora. So the sky's the limit. So, you know, you said, you know, mentioning leaving a $200,000 a year job. Was there a moment of clarity? Was there, was there maybe a cigar that you smoked and maybe you had a few before, but there was one cigar that you smoked when you were working, you know, uh, your other job and you're like, wow, you know what? This is really what I want to be getting into. Or was it kind of a slow process? You've been smoking for a few years or was it just that that lightning strike moment of like, this is amazing. I want to make something like this. Yeah, so I I started smoking. I was like 18 years old, um, so I've been smoking for quite a quite a bit of time. And I uh, I was I always call it the I always call cigars the one thing that allowed uh, me to be very different in everything I did. And we're talking everything at NASA. I was the one GS12, GS13, you know, young you know manager you know, going around and playing golf with the NASA administrator and, you know, all the senior management because all these guys were smoking cigars and I was the one who knew more about them. And I knew right. all about, you know, I knew all about it. I, I, I was very versed. I was very, I knew how to speak the language and I knew how to, I knew how to smoke it. And I knew um, a lot about it on the consumer end. And then obviously, you know, little did I know I was going to find out so much more information and, you know, knowing, know the fact that I knew nothing really about, they, you know, the, the cigar industry. And so, um, I was just always been fascinated with it. And so when we, when I made the final decision to say, you know what, let me, let me, I want to choose cigars. It was when I got uh, a very nice message from a friend of mine that knew I was struggling a little bit at NASA, trying to figure out where I was going to go or where I really fit in the grand scheme of things. Cause they were looking, well, you need to do SES senior, you know, senior executive program, and you need to evaluate the potential of becoming a senior executive and the agency in the next five years and all that good stuff and we need to plan for that and you know i was all into that but i i wanted to do something more personal and uh that's when i got a, a very nice message from a friend with a commencement address by steve jobs that said that the only way to do great work is to love what you do and and it's not the typical cliche of oh you know love what you do and that's the way you do it no 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 this is, was about great work like doing great work you can work, you can do good work, you can be okay, you can be, or you can be great and you can do great, great things with your product. And that's what we did. And that's why we were so passionate about this. Man, you know, I, I feel, I feel jazzed up now. I want to go start my own thing now. Um, so what, tell us about like your, your first, you know, the original kind of Fratello lines, how they kind of came to be, the factories you were working with, how long did it take you to kind of make those blends up? Yeah. I, it's actually a very interesting, uh, uh, you know, the way it happened was very interesting. I ended up uh, going to Joya de Nicaragua and connecting with uh, Dr. Alejandro Martinez Cuenca, Juan Ignacio. I ended up connecting with uh, with the entire uh, management team there. And one of the things that I was able to find and one of the things that I was able to, uh, to enjoy in this process was uh, selling them on the idea that I could be a great partner for them in the future. And one of the things that caught my attention the most about them was they weren't working, working they weren't working for anybody else. Nobody. Mm -hmm. 
they weren't doing cigars for anyone else. It was just cigars for them and uh, for Drew Estate. And that was part of the agreement that they had with Drew Estate by, back at that day with uh, Steve Saka that he had personally put a, um, a, a specification in a clause that they could only work with him for that particular amount of time. And uh, I was one to always say basically, hey, um, if, if, if I can – if you could consider anybody else, I'd love for you to consider me. I gave all the paperwork, all the power presentation that you can imagine. I had a plan. I wasn't coming in with any, like, let me see how it goes. I was coming in prepared. And so, uh, long story short, they uh, we ended up talking more about NASA than we ended up talking about cigars itself. And the rest was history. Uh, uh, Dr. Alejandro Martinez Cuenca is, is also fascinated by space and space science, um, and uh, and I think that brought us together and it, it, it helped us create our first blend, which is the Fratello Classico, which is um, this one right here. Um, it's the uh, original Classico line on our cigars. You remember this bad boy? Of course. Uh, beautiful Habano Nicaragua, man. When this came into into uh, into the industry, I came into the first trade show. I had so many people come back and say, "Man, I really enjoy the cigar." But you know which one actually mattered the most to me was Michael Herklotz. I, uh, okay. I one of those mornings, I had never met him. I met him in Dominican Republic by passing one time, and we had a small conversation, basically about what the, what he did and all that good stuff. And uh, um, he he. I saw him again at the trade show and I was like, hey, listen, I know you probably get this quite a bit, but this is my cigar. I want you to try. Let me know what you think. Um, he grabbed the cigar, looked at me and said, yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate that. You know, and so grabbed it, smoked, started smoking the cigar. He came around and started looking for me and he came around and said, he looked at me on the side and said, you got a winner here. He came back, left. And then uh, next thing I know, I'm like corralled by two or three Nat Sherman guys, and they're opening up an account with Fratello. Uh, just so, you, just to give you an idea of how unprecedented that is, mm-hmm. they they unless there's some sort of like incredible personal connection or something like that, you just don't get into a first race show guy who nobody knows anything about, and all of a sudden, you know, get into Nat Sherman. And then things started trickling down. I did the exact same thing with Joe Blucher's Draper. They don't even consider you you uh, to bring you up as an account if you don't have at least five years. They don't know if you're going to be around or not. They don't know if they're going to put their line out there and put their money behind you so that you can grow and just give you a shot, just to give you a shot. Like, they have to be sure. Same thing with uh, Old Virginia Tobacco here in Virginia. And so I started getting these really big Catalyst accounts but uh, following through what we were doing, and uh, and and it's really thanks to all of them that I that I really am sitting in front of you right now. Because had those guys not given me their support, who knows where we would be? You know, it's uh, it's um, there's always an aspect of luck on everything, and I think there's you know, I was lucky enough to get you know some of those guys to look at us and say this is an impressive cigar, and it is. That's an incredible story. And, and Mike Herklotz is definitely the kind of guy who you know, probably gets you know, 100 cigars shoved into his pocket. So when he comes back and says, oh, you know, th- this was great. We want to talk to you. That is an honor that's it was huge. top tier. Top it was tier. massive. It was massive. And I think it, it shows that, you know, yeah, you know, there, there's a lot of times companies have these kind of rules like, oh, you know, we, we need to know him personally. You know, it has to look at Nick Melillo where he came from someplace else or he has to be in the business for a while. But it also shows that if you just start with a great product, that you don't need a lot of the other stuff at first. As long yeah. as you have a good a good cigar that that is quality, 
people will buy it and they will come to you. That, that's, I think, what happened with Fratello. And, and I'm, I'm happy exactly it did. exactly what happened with Fratello, man. And we kept on launching great products. We just, we did. We kept on doing some really cool things. And, uh, um, we were, we were hoping, um, to continue to have that growth. We were hoping to continue to have that expansion. Uh, and we did, we expanded the line, um, to the Fratello Bianco, which is my Maduro. And it's, a um, the, let me show you the Maduro. It's the San Andres Negro Maduro wrapper that came in 2015. Um, and it was a, just a gorgeous, gorgeous blend, man. I, I'm a huge fan of that cigar. That's one of Greg's favorite. Greg loves a uh, San Andreas wrapper. It's what it's among his favorites. Um, yeah. I want to talk a little. You just mentioned that you know you're, you're living in Virginia here or there. Um, I've actually gotten to know Virginia in that area pretty well. My brother lives in uh, Silver Springs, Maryland, so I get to go down there quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, you recently came out with the, uh, the DMV series, which I would love to yeah, talk man. about. It's really, really cool. Really, you know, everyone has their kind of, you know, a lot of companies have their state only exclusives. You know. Uh, John Hoover from Crown Heads has for Ohio and Tennessee and Texas. Yeah. Everyone has a New York thing. But you decided to do it in the D.C., you know, Maryland, yeah. Virginia area. Can you tell us a little bit about how that project started? And I know there's two different variations to give us some of the blend specs on those. Yeah, man, it was uh, it was it was it was um, it was personal to me, man. I, uh, these are the these are the guys that gave me my my first shot. And I don't take that for granted. Uh, the the first uh, account I ever had was Fader Stavakonis in uh, um, in Maryland. The the first event I ever held was in D.C. The first uh, the first uh, uh, you know multi shops who carry Fratello was all Virginia Tobacco here in Virginia, and so we had quite an impressive uh, lineup of people that came in and supported and that, that was my turn to support them. And this is not a big, uh, this is not a moneymaker from Fratello and it was never meant to be. It was more of a, more of like a thank you. And this is one of those cigars that you're talking about. This is the Fratello yeah. DMV line. Uh, we did an amazing job with the branding and everything surrounding the cigars. Every single year is a brand new, uh, uh, you know, release that we do. And it's just unique. It's exquisite. And uh, people yeah. do follow through quite a bit on and everything we produce, we sell. So this year was a very cool year because I utilized basically all of the tobaccos that La Aurora had had for many, many years. And, you know, cigars that have been aging for over 12 years. I did a hands down selection, smoked them, figure out which one I had to release. I released them and they're all gone. So it's very, very cool. I love the fact that you asked me that question because it's a very personal project. And you guys actually have them in jrcigar.com. Uh, you guys have some yeah. of these cigars because you have a shop here in Washington, D.C. Uh, so anybody who wants to try some of those plans, they can definitely go to your website and get those cigars for sure. Because well, they're all whites are only available in D.C. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, when this is all over, I'm going to go visit my brother. I, I had the pleasure of uh, – I visited him literally a week before all this kind of craziness started. I want to say it was like last week of February, first week of March. And I went to our D.C. store there for the first time since it kind of moved and, and reopened. And that store is phenomenal. The staff was great. The selection they have laid out is great. Um, they have the upstairs bar, the, the bartenders. They, they had Mike Blanton's. They had, they had really good whiskey available. Uh, I would love to go. Next time I'm down there, I would love to, to meet you up for, uh, for a cigar and a drink there. If, uh, Dude, if you're, you got to uh, let uh, me know, man. I'll be all absolutely. over that. All absolutely. Over. We'll do like a live. We'll do a live from, from D.C. Um, speaking of, uh, of alcohol and spirits, you um, th there's a few cigar companies that are also somewhat involved in the beer industry. And the two that I can think of off the top of my head are Placencia and you so obviously you're obviously you're a beer fan uh we, we got to try one of yours i think it was uh was it a terminal stout? descent yeah that, the last time you were in 
So tell us a little bit about how you kind of got into the beer aspect of it, besides obviously just being a fan of beer. Tell us if you could tell us some of the beers that you've come out with already and what you like to pair them with. And then also any future kind of beer releases that you're thinking. Yeah. So we did it actually. Uh, the, so the first time we did that beer was with uh, Terminal Descent. We had a chance to you know try it at the show and you saw how good that beer was. Yeah, that's really good. The uh, the way we got about it actually was with a buddy of mine here in Virginia. His name is um, um, uh, Mark, and uh, we were talking about uh, you know how, what are ways for us to like you know potentially work together. But we before we even had that conversation, I I, I was watching my Instagram here and in, uh, um, just checking up on some you know products and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, I see this pop up, and this was about two and a half years ago. No, no, this was, shoot, this was 2014, 2015. So it was the uh, very beginning of Fratello. And I saw a, um, a guy said, well, if the guys from Adroid Theory think this is a good pairing list, I guess I should give it a try. And it was, um, and I, I thought it was like, interesting. And I'm like, oh, okay, I guess, you know, somebody recommended that as a stout or something. But yeah. I ended up following them. Uh, on social media and then I go because I'm intrigued about this beer so I go to Total Wine and I ask them and say hey do you have any chance this particular uh, this particular style of uh, beer and he says oh yeah this is whatever demons of this and I'm like oh okay that's a little dark but let me go take a look at it so I open up and I go look at the bottle and I said okay this is interesting it's a Russian Imperial style as well and I turn around and it says best pairing with this beer the Fratello Boxer and I looked at it and I was like Holy <laughs> shit, That's man. Awesome. I made it. Like, this is incredible. <laughs> like, I started jumping up and down. So I tell the guy, I wave him over. It's like, how many beers you got? It's like, I don't know, like, uh, like whatever's there. It's like, already done, that's already in my basket. Like, how many more beers of this do you have in the back? So he <laughs> went over to the back. I took me, like, another two cases. I'm like, yep, bring it over. <laughs> I take it up, take it up. I, I ended up taking everything off their shelves when it came to that beer. And uh, and I was fascinated by by what they had done. Um, and I contacted them, and I said, hey, we should look into sure. our collaboration in the future. And we did, and we did the Russian Imperial Stat, and it was a success. Uh, but nothing like the success that this uh, beer has had. So this is my second iteration. It's the Fratello Imperial Hazy Imperial IPA. Um, it's a that's a lot of different stuff going on. There's a lot of different words that that generally don't go together. You usually have an imperial stout, and then yeah, that's you know, IPA, right. So Hazy Imperial IPA, baby. So. We ended up uh, doing a very unique uh, experience with this because we wanted to pair it with another one of my cigars, and we did. And man, it was it was incredible because the beer is very it's an eight point one percent ABV, man. It's not it's not this is not a this is not a light beer. I mean, after you know two of those four packs, man, you'd be feeling really good. So uh, <laughs> so we ended up pairing it with uh, one the Fratello Oro, man, and people loved it. I mean, we sold out in quite a few places, and uh, we just you know restocked Total Wine back again and. Yeah, it's been uh, it's it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun to launch these projects together. So, what do you, what would you pair with the Hazy Imperial IPA? Dude, I would do the Fratello Oro uh, all day long. It's not a very hoppy beer. Um, it's got a very balanced citrusness to it, and it's not overpowering um, uh, when it comes to a you know like a kind of style IPAs that you would usually see. It's not too hoppy, but it's just it's just to me it's just full flavor, man. So I uh, I'm I'm looking forward to uh to maybe doing another one of these where you guys get a chance to drink it. We're drinking it over here and we're calling it a five o'clock happy hour at some place, baby. 
Yeah, uh, me and Greg will never turn down uh, beer and cigars, <laughs> ever. Love it. Uh, Good. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, I want to talk a little bit about, because uh, I think it's just such a cool project, um, the Inverso that came out uh, yeah. this, this past, you know, obviously, I guess it was last year now or this past year, um, because I, I feel like it, it had to have been done before, but I don't think it has. And it's such a genius thing where you literally just invert a blend and and rearrange it, and it works out. I, I, I'm like, you're thinking about it, like that's such a good idea. Like somebody had to have done it before. Somebody had to have created this. And no, you look no through way. your list and no. So what made you think of that? And like, did you know it was immediately going to work, or did you kind of like, hey, let's try this and you know cross our fingers? Yeah. So so the 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 way the inverso came about was. The, uh, I call this guy the father, basically. This is the uh, Fratello Naveta Inverso, uh, the Fratello Nav original Fratello Naveta. So you can mm -hmm. see he's got like a little nice little shuttle. Naveta stands for shuttle in Italian. So we put, you know, we put a lot of attention, obviously, on our branding and our bands and everything. And so I love this tobacco and this cigar so much that I wanted to sort of uh, bring uh, a different a different body to it and a different, a different notes and different lights. And so all we did, man, and that's why I love the fact that you talked about Inverso, is I basically inverse all of the tobaccos on this cigar and I put them on this cigar. So I told the guys at the factory, put that wrapper on this on this guy's binder right here. Let's put this let's put this binder that we have here. Let's use it as a filler tobacco for inverso. And wherever we're getting that filler tobacco here, let's find a, a conjoining farm though it's growing tobacco like a wrapper tobacco. And let's put it on the wrapper and. That was it, man. I mean, it was the easiest blend I've ever done. It was, it was, it wasn't rocket science for sure. It just uh, required <laughs> a few we weeks here and there, you know. But right. it was amazing, and uh, it's a cigar that sells incredibly well in Europe, man. Incredibly well in Europe, incredibly well in the Dominican Republic as well. Um, and it's one that has been making a lot of stride here in the U.S. I try to be very, very uh, specific about where do I place Navete and Navete Inverso because I don't want one to sort of overshadow the other. So I want each to sort of have their own light depending on the kind of smokers that they have. So if a shop has a medium to full body cigar uh, uh, lineup, then I would usually go with the original Fratello Naveta. And then if a shop has a more of like a medium or finesse, more like a creamy but, uh, you know, full body as well, but not necessarily necessarily in strength then i would usually recommend the the fratona of inverso man and it was it was it's been it's been a killer product for us that's awesome i mean I, i've been a big fan I've, I've talked about it uh actually the inverso made uh me and greg's uh top 25 cigars of the year this year the jr top 25 i saw that there. i saw that that's that's I a huge i mean so it was our much. first list it's a huge honor <laughs> so you mentioned that it's doing well in europe do you have a lot of accounts in europe and like what's kind of the european cigar market like today so the European cigar market is uh, it's actually uh, it's actually one that we've done a, a an incredible an incredible job with uh, some of our international partners. We've been lucky, man. From the very beginning, we've landed uh, some of the some of the strongest uh, you know uh, distributors all over Europe. I mean, we landed uh, the Klein Lagel family, uh, which has been doing working you know in distribution for over a hundred years. We landed uh, uh, Sasha um, in uh, the Netherlands, which has been working in his family for many, many years as well. And so we've had 
A lot of success, guys. A lot of success when it comes to our international partners. And then we partner with a, uh, a good friend, uh, Arndt, out of uh, Norway. He's been doing an amazing job for us as well. Australia has been doing great. Um, uh, uh, New Zealand has been doing amazing for us. And we've had um, other markets like uh, like uh, the Czech Republic, Erin Fratello. We now have Fratello in Spain. Uh, which is uh, not easy to do. And so when it comes to uh, having a brand that has had this reach at an early stage, it's not easy. It's just, it's just not easy. And so it speaks volumes to the work ethic that we have, and it speaks volumes to the amazing cigars we have. I mean, nobody's just going to give you a try just to give you a try. Oh, yeah, this sounds like a fun one. you got to back it up with good tobacco, and that's exactly what we have. Exactly, because at the end of the day, it's about a good cigar, and it's about making sales. And that, that's that's what everyone needs to, exactly. to stay alive in this industry. So. They'll take a chance, but only if they know, like, all right, you know, I don't really know this guy, but his cigar is phenomenal. So I know I'll be Absolutely. able to sell him. Absolutely. So if you had to pick a, a city in Europe that's like, so I guess in the U.S., like the cigar city would kind of be Miami. Is like that, you know, like the like cool, cool cigar city, a lot of small shops, yeah. a lot of lounges. What would you say like, in Europe is like the cigar city? So to me, in terms of a, a cigar city, it's that's a tough one because there are so many, there are so many uh you know shops there's so many there's there's such a big influence of cuban cigars in europe that it sort of takes away a little bit about making one particular city sort of shine over another i will tell you the cities that i have enjoyed uh, uh visiting and i've enjoyed smoking cigars out in that one of those is the netherlands like i i feel like uh, uh my body Sasha has done an amazing job in being very specific about you know uh giving travelers and giving the people in the Netherlands something different. So instead of him launching a, a, a cigar shop that sells everything from Cuban cigars, Dominican, Nicaragua, Honduras, he launched a cigar shop that only sells Nicaraguan cigars. How incredible yeah. is that, man? I mean, it's a uh, ballsy too, because we're talking, he's right in front of the Van Gogh museum in the middle of the, it's like the Times square, like, you know, of, you know, the Netherlands of Amsterdam. And he did it and he, he, he was ballsy about it. And he, also very successful so he's been able to cement and really get some dark you know some deep roots about the way he's managed his business and it's gone very well for him so amsterdam immediately comes to mind uh we have a great amount of cigar smokers in norway uh, they, they 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 have a very different and a very complicated system out there where you know there's it's very hard to have like a brick and mortar the taxes are crazy but they they've they found ways of having small hubs in different houses and different places where they have, you know, a, a place where people can come in, pick up their cigars, sit down and smoke. And so I think there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of beautiful cities out there. Same thing with, you know, Bern in Switzerland and, uh, and, and Madrid in Spain. And so I, I found, I find that in a lot of these different places, there's always going to be a spot where you can get a chance to connect. The one city that was a little bit disappointing, I know they love me, I love them too, is Budapest. I was in Budapest about a year and a half ago, and unfortunately, there was one cigar shop that I found, and they had like, you know, 15, 20 cigars on the shelves. I was like, whoa, these guys have definitely not have a cigar passion. <laughs> no, I can, I can imagine not. It, it's funny you mentioned the shop in Amsterdam. I, I think it's, is it called like Nicaragua or something? It's Cigaragua. Cigaragua. I've, I've actually heard of them like on social media like they're that yeah. big that it, it's reached over here they're actually a very popular i know steve Saka has done events with them and, yeah. and nick and all these guys um so now uh, i i have one more question before i'm going to let greg come in and do some fan questions i want to talk about 
uh, any future projects you're working on. So, um, you know, PCA is, you know, I don't know if it's still going to be in July or not. You know, there, there's, I'm still hearing some rumblings they're going to move it. But this is around the time generally, you know, April, early May, where we start hearing some leaks about some, you know, what people are working on for the trade show. I mean, Tatuaje just kind of released what might be their new monster this year. What's Fertello working on for this year, if you can tell us anything? Yeah, so um, so we, we're working on quite a few things, guys. We're working on uh, – we, we developed a fr uh, fresh pack last year. It was very unique, and we developed this fresh pack to give us uh, some feedback. We wanted the consumer to choose. Uh, which cigar was going to make it, um, and uh, and we wanted the consumers to give us feedback if they thought that either the Fratello uh, Sorella or the Fratello Arlequin. Trying to see if I have one around here. I don't think I do, uh, but it was either going to be the Fratello Arlequin or the Fratello Sorella that's going to make it. So one of those is going to make it this year. We've already made sort of made the decision. So uh, one of those is going to make it. We don't know yet, um, you know, when to release it, and because there's some, you know, we we had a particular plan, but now everything is sort of been postponed a little bit. So now uh, we're just going to have to take a look and see how we're able to transition our way around it. And so, you know, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of things that are that that are still up in the air. Uh, we were uh, super looking forward. We're still looking forward to the launch of the uh, Fratello uh, Camouflage, which is the one that I just launched at TPE this year. And it was another one that was incredibly successful uh, at that trade show. We had the uh, the fortune of actually being able to showcase a cigar for a bundle, uh, so basically a bundle cigar that could make it a very unique, very cool branding behind it and a very, actually a very good cigar for the price. So that cigar actually retails for $3.25 per stick. So uh, it's a very high volume, uh, uh, you know, uh, brand, obviously we sold, you know, enormous amounts and we're hoping uh, that it will, uh, that once this whole thing clears out, the rollout is going to begin and, uh, and, and our retail brick and mortar is going to be very happy with it for sure. No, I can imagine they will be, and I, I, I like taking a risk and, and doing a bundled cigar sometimes, especially when you're kind of seen as like this boutique uh, manufacturer, but you got to remember that a majority of cigar smokers in this country like a bundled cigar, so if you're bringing the same passion and quality to it, you're just offering it for a little less, I think, I think it's going to be a tremendous success. I agree 100%. Uh, it's, very, it's very, very excited be, for that. It's going to be, be awesome. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to bring on uh, my dear, dear friend, Gregory. And Greg's going to ask you some questions from the fans. What's up, Omar? Oh, Greg. So I want to tell you that I had the uh, Navetta Inverso the other day, and it was it was on point. Um, don't mind the picture on the construction because I was I, I had a little situation with my, with my kid that I started chewing on it really hard. So don't don't mind that. I shot. It, it was it was good. No, no worries. Good, good. I love it. Um, so. Number one question is uh, most proud moment in the cigar industry. Oh man, um, I have quite a few of those. I had a um, a friend of mine one time told one time tell me I, I told her about the idea of launching a um, of of on, on an extension of Fratello. Do some sort of uh, instead of having a new blend and, uh, and brand new blends and whatnot, I wanted to do something where I could do like a like a size like a new size and an extension to the line, but very small, very very methodical. And all I did was I grabbed the tobaccos under the original Fratello Classico and I, you know, box pressed it and made it into a torpedo shape and made it a little bit stronger. 
So I brought out uh, a little bit more strength on the cigar than I had done in the past. And uh, when she saw the brand, she was like, you're going to sell out of this. How many did you produce? And I was like, I produced this much. It's like, you're going to sell out of that at the trade show. And, uh, and she was 100% right. And when I saw the numbers at the end, I'm like, like, I cannot believe it's been a year and a half in this industry and people are literally coming out and, and buying this, you know, and, 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 and engaging it in such a very personal way. That was a very, 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 very proud moment of me. But the number one uh, most incredible moment since I started Fratello was the moment where I stopped feeling like if I had made the right decision about leaving NASA or not. And it came last year when I had a conversation with my daughter and I was telling her, it's like, hey, listen, you know, there's so many, you know, projects and so many things that you can do uh, for summer camp. We can do this. And we were just going through a whole bunch of, you know, a big list of different things. And she's like, oh, I really like that. I really like this. And uh, and then she said at the end, she was looking around and we were at the warehouse and she was looking around and she's like, Bobby, do you mind if we, you mind if I work for Fratello this summer? Awesome. And I That's looked good. at her and I swear to God, man, I I thought my heart melted in a thousand pieces it sort of came home full throttle people were like my 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 daughter's i see she looks just like are you okay dad i'm like it's like i'm totally fine i'm totally fine it's okay everything is fine. It's the smoke it's the smoke in the but i'm like it's the smoke. I'm you're, you're still crying to this day over it <laughs> i know um, it's, uh, it's, it's a story, uh, it's a story I haven't told too much, but I, 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 I share with you guys because it was very personal. It was one that I, I was able to, uh, to, for the first time I've had my doubts obviously because the state of our industry sometimes has been and whatnot, but, um, I really never, I, I never looked back and, and that was the moment where I said, regardless of anything that happened, this, this was all worth it, man. This was all worth nice. it. Nice. Well, so now, she, now when we do an interview in the studio, she's allowed to talk in the background because she said that. That was so funny. <laughs> yeah, we got to tell the story about that. I come to the studio. This is what this is what work ethic will do. I had kids that week, and I was like hanging out, and we were doing so many things. Um, and uh, I took him for a nice little trip to New York. But at that time, I was like, guys, I think I should stop by. I think we should do something. We had already talked about it for a little yeah. while. And uh, long story short, man, I was uh, we ended up doing the 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 interview in the in the headquarters, and my children were in the back yelling and whatnot. So, needless to say, it was interesting. That was funny. <laughs> I think, but, I, yeah, think they, I think I think headquarters is a loose term. Headquarters is kind of a loose term for what we have uh, up in the attic there. <laughs> uh, it was it was funny because I, I kept seeing the eyes. So I was like, good thing I I didn't have to do that. You, you had a you had a coverage, so it made it a little bit easier for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had. I was. I was trying to do like. Shh. <laughs> that was dad eyes. Just oh yeah. Give him the dad eyes. Yeah. Uh, if you wanted to do a collaboration with someone, who would it be? You know, I've been, I've been, um, I've been getting that question asked quite a few times lately, and and it's gotten me thinking, man. Like it's, it really has. It's gotten me thinking about uh, what kind of collaboration, what kind of you know things we could potentially look at that could actually make a lot of sense, that it could be really cool. Um, I, um, I, I don't have any particular manufacturer or blender in mind. Uh, what I do have is is ideas about what a potential collaboration could look like. 
uh, I think I need to further sort of define that into a, into a package and then sort of approach some of the people, a lot of the people that I respect in this industry and say, hey, you know, what are your what are your thoughts on doing something like this? And we've gotten approached as well by other people as well. And we're there, there are a lot of things that we're considering. But as of right now, I don't have anything in mind. But I do. Uh, I, I've been I've been considering it more now as we uh, as we're approaching uh, the end of you know as we're going 2020 to 2021 to potentially do something very cool. Nice. So I need you to answer this very quickly. Beer or cigars? Beer what? or cigars? Cigars, cigars, cigars. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of, I guess you're gonna cigars. have to say cigars. You do have a whole company around them. <laughs> I do, I do, and I have a company around beer. But I do love, I do. I mean, I could go, I could go the rest of my life without. I mean, it's just as long as I have cigars, it's, uh, it's been, it's been better than therapy. That's for sure for me. Right. You know, I'm with you. It is my therapy. There you go. It's also why it's also why I'm pretty much a, a nut job. Yeah. No. <laughs> You know what have been happening like crazy though. I will tell you this, man. My, um, they they say you cannot uh, you cannot drink uh, and you cannot smoke your own stash, man. I've been, I have been drinking my own stash like crazy, bro. Like I haven't stopped, man. I have. I was looking at the other day the amount of bottles that I had thrown away. I'm like thinking to myself, like I'm gonna have to go to the program. I'm gonna have to. <laughs> this is gonna be this is gonna be nonstop. What is going on? What's happening? It's all right. It's- I told Greg. Go ahead, Nick. I accidentally drank a whole bottle of bourbon on Sunday. Yeah, is is it yeah. a is it a write off for you for drinking your drinking and smoking? No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I can't even keep up, man. I can't even keep up. This is a this is a sanity check. Maybe we'll talk and see if the uh, some of the SBA loans or some of the you know there trillions you of dollars that are being put into the economy can help us out and giving us a little bit of a break on alcohol and write that off. Well, listen, just make sure that me and Greg got our samples before you finish it all up. <laughs> I know, right? We're gonna share some information because we gotta do a pairing. I'd love to do a pairing with you guys. Uh, we'll so I'll send you uh, the the stout. We still have some stouts left, and I'll send you some stout. And I'll send you some of the beer, so you guys can try it, some cigars, and we can all do a pairing around it, especially around uh, um, you know our imperfect pairing show and whatnot. I think we could do something where we can either face it on 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 Instagram or or Facebook or whatever, and you know push some serious, some really cool stuff on it for sure. Absolutely, we'd be. I'll send you our addresses as soon as we're done here. We'd love to do that. Maybe we should put our addresses out there, like uh, Dave Pointner from Barstool, and start getting packages. Did you see that? Yeah, I don't. Uh, I saw that. I saw that he did that, and I don't. I don't know. First of all, I have a roommate, and uh, I would. I also have some pretty weird fans out there. I'd love to see the stuff that you get. Awesome. I would probably. I would probably get some some cool stuff, but I, I'd get some weird stuff too. Yeah. Um, so you talked about during the show, uh, your own cigars and your own beer pairings. What is a beer and cigar pairing that's not your own that you enjoy? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Um, so when we were putting together, uh, the IPA, there was, uh, they, the, the guys at Adroid had given me this very interesting beer, which is basically, my God, it looks like, I sort of got, it looks like Kool-Aid, man. I mean, it's like a grapefruit kind of flow to it. They mix it up with a whole bunch of things. It's one of those very nouveau, nouveau beers that has like, oh, you know, the, this grapefruit and this, uh, you know, uh, orange peel kind of flow to it. Very easy, very refreshing, perfect for the summer. And I, I tried it uh, for the first time. And this is just a, at a recent uh, event, obviously, because I've tried, you know, so many different kinds of beer. But this was one where I was like, 
This is interesting. Like, it's not when you pour it, it literally looks like a like like Kool-Aid was mixed up with Coca-Cola. But w- when you try it, it was it was the 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 the, 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 the there's something fervescent about the the drink itself that sort of cleansed my palate slightly and it provided some flavor. There was a lot of sweetness that was a problem, but I thought it was a great pairing with one of my cigars. Um, so that was one of my uh, my very recent uh, ones that I've had. I'm a big fan of some of the breweries we have around here in Northern Virginia. Uh, but one of the things that I, I love to do is every single time I get a chance to go out to, you know, Texas, California, um, uh, you know, Florida, in all these different places, is try out some of their style of beer and, and, and see where you can find. There's too many. There's so many styles. There's so many right. options. There's too many things. And so... Um, to sort of pinpoint on one particular one, man, it's just, it's hard for me. That's why I had to come up with my own beer. <laughs> and that's why I only drink black and tan. Exactly. It's because you have no taste. What do you mean I have no taste? It's delicious. You, you have very good taste in cigars. You have, you have no taste in cigars. <laughs> uh, so going to um your basketball career who was the best basketball player you ever played against so that's actually a very good question i um i I had a chance um um to play in the dominican republic with you guys are familiar with al horford yeah okay so his father uh actually playing in the nba um and he also had a, a very very, very important career in the Dominican Republic and uh, national team and everything. And he, uh, he was seven feet tall. He was built like a brick house, man. I mean, this yeah. dude was big. And so uh, it was very hard for me uh, playing ball in the Dominican Republic, guys, because I was always the tallest, except when I played with that guy. And <laughs> when I played with him, man, oh, my God. It was like... I, I, I couldn't figure it out, man. I was like 18 years old. And, you know, he was was all, well over 15 years older, 20 years older than I was or 17 years older. So he he very seasoned basketball player, very smart basketball player. And he was able to, you know, outperform me in everything. And I was I thought I was talented, man. But this and I and I was definitely very fast for a very big guy. I was like very fast, which was a, one of my biggest qualities, uh, especially when I was facing the facing the rim. But one of the things that I found with him was as much as I tried to get around him, his arms and his body mass was just so massive. It was just every single time. And for me, just to make a bucket, it was it was incredibly hard. And um, it was very frustrating for a long time. But um, the frustration actually went away by a very interesting thing that happened with him and I one time. I started defending him. I was defending him in a game. And we were just going back and forward. And I was like... Like, there's no way I, I got to prove myself. This is a personal thing to me. So I would like, you know, back him up. And one time he grabbed a, um, like he got a, he got um, somebody passed him the ball and he was, uh, you know, he was not facing me. He was facing the other way. He grabbed the ball and he was trying to do a pivot move. And so when he did the pivot move, he did like this. And I guess at that particular point, I just sort of got my face up. He blasted me with his, with a, with a, with his elbow. Boom. And all I remember was like literally just flying back. Boom. And I was like, after that, I'm like, maybe I should I work for NASA. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I'm gonna have to dedicate myself to something else, man. This guy yeah. is so much. But uh, but he was actually very. He was a big mentor of mine after a long time because I was just I just wanted I just wanted everything like, you know, right there and then. You know what I mean? And he was like, you got to take it easy. You've got a long career behind. You know, in front of you. Just be patient. And so I got it. I started getting a lot of press uh, because I was so tall and I was so fast and I getting a lot of press in the Dominican Republic. You know, this is the they didn't know if I was a guy that was grew up in the Dominican that had like Dominican parents, but grew up in the U.S. I mean, they didn't know where the hell I was coming from. And uh, and 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 long story short, I mean, I made, you know, I was part of the Dominican national team. And before all that began to take place, man, I I injured my bust in my right knee because I was pushing myself to the extra limit just that I all I wanted to do was play ball, man. I, I've been it's my it's my my diehard passion, uh, and uh, and and that was uh, that was a big blow when I busted my right knee and busted in multiple locations because I just didn't want to have to do any operations. I just want to keep on playing. The doctors and the guys were like, "Are you fucking crazy? You're going to you're going to do, you're going to destroy this?" And you know, sure enough, I guess uh, sometimes drive and passion can take you to the next level because it did, and it took me out of the game for quite a few years. Yeah, I can I can hear that on knee injuries because I, I got one of my yeah. own. So it was good times. Um, I have to ask this for uh, Secret Chris, and it doesn't need to be very long, but do the Knicks even have a chance of being good in the, in the next couple of years? <laughs> okay. Moving on. Um, Suck. <laughs> uh, we have another question from uh, someone that actually works in our office. Uh, that he loves the cigar label, and uh, for some reason, it reminds him of an old school Italian deli. Where did the uh, design inspiration come from? Uh, the design came from uh, me having a conversation with my designer. I told him I wanted, uh, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted the brand to sort of exemplify who we are. We are. We're this, you know, very, 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 you know, driven. We're all about the grind. We're all about, you know, old school. We're all about, you know, old customs. We're all about the camaraderie. We're all about, uh, you know, that barber pole, man, that 1950s, you know, old school barber shop and, and, and the Radio City Music Hall and people just like, you know, dressed, you know, very well, just going to the, to the, to, you know, to, to see a nice performance. We were all about all of those things, you know, the, the, the combination of all of these things. And that's how the brand came about. It came about from over seven months of going back and forward uh, between what will Fratello tell the consumer? What does it scream? And we wanted to scream hard work. We wanted to scream camaraderie. We wanted to scream old school. We wanted to scream and to connect with you as a consumer uh, that you may be dressed with a, a beautiful t-shirt and a great cap like uh, like you are right now, Nick, and then uh, are just chilling in a nice big hat and a very, you know, uh, or, or riding a nice motorcycle, but it connects with you because you're a grinder, you're a work, you're work hard and you appreciate something that is made out of quality. So that's what Fratello is all about. That's how the brand came about. Nice. Beautiful. Uh, Do you actually, like, do you have any relationship with, like, Jaime Garcia from my father, Placentia's, or AJ Fernandez at all? No, other than, you know, knowing them and being friends with all of them. No personal personal relationship, no. And then, last question, do you have any uh, envision of having your own factory slash farm? Yeah, so that's something that um, 
it's one of the projects, man, that we've been um, evaluating, uh, you know, um, that, you know, it's, it's something that has taken a, a backstage as we are growing and whatnot. But that is something that we're always, you know, considering and, and how we are able to expand on a line and get a chance to 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 grow. I think there is a lot of le- legitimacy that br- that comes with having your own factory and having your own, your own fields and whatnot. And I think it's a. Uh, I think it's interesting. It's an inter- it would be an interesting model. I just have to make sure that it's a that it's a very smart move and that it makes sense for us in the future. So, from where I stand, I think um, I think that the answer for absolutely for now is, yeah, I can totally see that in the future. Tello Farm. It even has a good ring to it. There you go. All right. All right. Good. Mm-hmm. Oh. Those are all of our our fan that's, questions. That's Greg? it. All right, Omar. I want to thank you so so much for joining us today. This was a thank total you. Blast. You're such an interesting guy. I, I love talking to you. Um, I'm going to get you that information next week. Give me that week information. After. We'll do we'll, a thing. We'll do it through your, with, with, uh, in conjunction with your uh, your YouTube channel. Get some yeah. beer, get some cigars. But God bless you. Keep your head up out there, and we'll see you Thank again you. soon. And thanks, everyone, for watching. Thank you, guys. Many blessings. Awesome. You too. Bye.